Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of the Young Adult Christian Podcast. I am your host, Joseph Dronick. Joining me again in a few seconds, it will be Dylan Morris. And uh, oh, Dylan is now on. Dylan, how are you doing today, man? I'm all right. How about you? I'm pretty well. And uh, James is on with us. James, thank you as you that you are here and participating in the study of the book of Ephesians. So, uh, Dylan, how's your, without going into too much detail, how's everything been today? I didn't even hear what you just said. How are you doing today? Are you there? How am I doing today? Is that yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Awesome, man. So uh, are you ready to go into the book of Ephesians? Yeah, as long as I can f find the uh, sweet sweet spot for my phone to re receive audio and everything. <laughs> are you, are you want to take a minute to find a sweet spot? I think I found it as we speak. Yes, yeah, seems like you, uh, you did. All right, so, um, so I'm going to pray us in. Excuse me. Excuse me. And then we'll go into the uh, history and the background of the book of Ephesians. Father God, we thank you for you being holy. We thank you for you being sovereign. We thank you for the study that we can study your word. We thank you that you have spoken with clarity, Father, through the prophets, through the epistles, and through the gospel writers. Oh, Father, you are so wonderful and kind. You are gracious and mighty. May you, you may your truth speak out through this study, and your name be praised. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so a little background of the book of Ephesians. Um, in my Bible, we have a title and background and date of writing and theme and message section. So we're going to go into that just to sort of set the scene for the book, the epistle, I should say. Ephesus was the most important city in Western Asia Minor, which is now Turkey, because it was an intersection of major trade routes. It became a commercial center. It also boasted a pagan temple dedicated to the Roman goddess Diana in the Greek Artemis. Paul made Ephesus a center for evangelism about, for about three years. This letter was probably not merely sent to the church at Ephesus, but also various churches in the province of Asia where Paul conducted his third missionary journey. The widely held position is that Paul wrote the letter about 60 AD during his two-year imprisonment in Rome. Unlike several of Paul's other letters, Ephesians does not address any particular era or heresy. Paul wrote to help his readers better understand the dimensions of God's eternal purpose and grace and come to appreciate the high goals of God that God has for the church. One of Paul's themes is that, is that of unity. All Christians are one family in Jesus, and they should act with love toward each other. He also writes about the church, not a church building, but the church that is made up of all Christians through all ages. All right, so hope that sets the scene to everyone. 
so uh, Dylan, I'll, we're only going to do the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians. That's about half the book. And we'll do five, we'll do four through six next week. So uh, Dylan, I'll read chapter one. You'll read chapter two. Sounds good. All right. All right. You have your Bible with you? Yeah, I'm already there. <laughs> All, right. All right, cool. Let me just take a drink of water. All right, now I'm good. Paul, an apostle of, Jesus, of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us from before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of of the glory of his grace, which we, which he freely bestowed on us, the beloved. In the beloved, I'm sorry, I misread that. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him with a view to admiration suitable to the fulfillment of the times that that is the summoning up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens, things on earth in, in him. Also, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to his purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will to the end that we were to, we were the first hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory in him. You also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord, which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom, of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, his inheritance in the saints, and what is surpassing the greatness of his power towards us, towards us who believe. These are in accordance with the might, with the working of strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, 
far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the ones to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. What a way to start, right? Mm-hmm. So me, when me and Dylan were talking and preparing for this show, the first thing that came to mind when I was reading chapter one was very much the sense of this church being in the middle of a pagan land with the statues and the temples dedicated to pagan deities. And here he is, in, he opens his letter, and it's very much a letter of comfort and praise. And that kind of carries over through the following two chapters, as we'll see later on. And I think it's so cool that not the struggle in Ephesus is not unlike the struggle most churches see themselves in today. The world is becoming more and more anti-Christ, anti-Yahweh, and even anti-God in the most general sense. So we have this hope that while we're in the middle of this persecution, while we're in the middle of this war being attacked from all sides, we have the comfort that we are sealed in Christ, that we have the promises of Christ. And it's just that a promise that we will see him face to face. And also I love that while at the same time establishing the hope that we all have, Paul's praising this church for the love that they share with one another. And uh, as you could probably guess from the following podcast and Dylna know, Dylan knows about me through many conversations. I'm a firm believer in the local church on our original podcast. I mentioned that the church in the local sense should very much be a center where, where people do love each other, where there is a family atmosphere. Of course, the pastor's at the head. He's the one preaching. But when you walk in, you should definitely know, feel a part of something. And that's where that verse right there is where I got it from. Paul is praising this church for their love and, and he doesn't stop praying for them and he's thanking God for them. He's not praying for them in a sense of correcting error. He's, he's so grateful that a church that he has, that he has, that he has correspondence with is so loving and so kind to its inhabitants. So I think that the first letter of Ephesians, we start, it's so potent to what the church is today. I think that we need to realize this more and more as Christians, that while the world may be continually against us, not only do we have the sovereign hope of God through Christ, we have the body, we have the brethren in the midst of all this. So we have the spiritual hope of the Holy Spirit working in us, and we have the temporal hope of just my brother being with me. And I got to say that I can't think of a bigger blessing. That's awesome. 
So, uh, Dylan, do you have anything you want to add on to that, or should we uh, just go over to uh, chapter two? Actually, uh, something else that that stuck out to me is uh, how, like, in verse, all the verse 14, it Dylan, you're breaking uh, up a little. You're breaking up, man. Can you uh, just adjust your phone a little bit? How about now? Oh, perfect. I'm sorry, man. We just had a hard time hearing you. Huh? We had a hard time hearing you, but you're good now. All right. Uh, so all I was saying is that in, in verses 3 through 14, it gives it like a pretty much a list of blessings that each believer is assured because they have, for they have believed in God. And it's through the grace of God that each blessing is, is received. But, uh, <clears throat> that just came to my mind, but I lo done lost it. <laughs> oh, man, I hate that. I say that every show, but it never becomes less true. I hate that. <laughs> Uh, do you have any idea what it'll you were going to say? It'll come back. It'll come back to me at, at some point. <laughs> All right. Well, does any point it comes as, as soon as as soon as I get done with chapter two? All right. Well, if anything, like even if I'm speaking, you just shut me up and <laughs> say it, okay? All right. All right. And I also want to add something for when uh, Dylan reads uh, chapter two. I, when I read out of the Bible on this, when I started, I was in the New King James, but I'm currently using the NASB, the uh, New American Standard Bible. Dylan is in the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. Is that the, the full name for it? Yeah. Um, so there's going to be slight, yeah. all right. So there's going to be slight differences <clears throat> between the translation he uses and the one I use. Um, like I said, Bible translation is really not important. We stated this many times before. The only Bible we would not be okay with you reading is the message. And I think there was a which I've Bible said multiple times back in the seventies called the, the Living Translation, but it was pretty much just, just the uh, the message Bible's ancestor. Exactly. So I don't know. So if that's still around, um, I believe. Burn the Message Bible, and if that, um, what, what was it? What was it called again? The Living Translation. The Living Translation. Um, yeah, the not the New Living Translation. The Living Translation is another one that should be burnt, at least in my perspective, and really anyone who knows the Bible at all. But... <laughs> Well, that sounded so arrogant, but I, I stand by that statement. I didn't even hear what you said because my audio cut out. <laughs> oh, I said um, the opinion of anyone who truly knows the Bible thinks that those quote-unquote translations should be burnt. Oh. So it sounded a little arrogant, but I really do stand by that. <laughs> well, yes, neither one of them deserve the right to be called Bibles. Very true. 
All right, so shall we go into chapter two? Yeah, and hopefully my audio All right, will, see- will stay like it is. All right, we're praying. And uh, okay, CSB Dilna. It's up to. I'm sorry, Dilna's a nickname that we used to differentiate <laughs> Dylan from another friend of ours named Dylan. So I'm so used to calling him that. So, and we were just talking to the other Dylan last night. So that's still on my mind. So I'm going to slip in and out of Dylan and Dilna. I'm just letting the audience know. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Okay. All right. Chapter two. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So then, remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the young circumcised by those called the circumcised. At that time, you were with, without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of, the, of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you were... You who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who made both from the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations, so that he might create in himself one new man from the two, resulting in peace. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God and one body, through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. So, uh, right, so some, something that, that uh, stick, sticks out to me for, first is uh, in the very beginning of the chapter, it, it, it talks about our uh, previous relationship with, with Christ before at, as pretty much Gentiles, fully Gentiles and everything. We were dead in our trespasses and, and sins. Ultimately, what, what that is saying is that apart from Christ, we are literally nothing. As the book of Genesis says, from dust we came, and to, and to dust we shall return. And I think that that one statement, though in Genesis and not Ephesians, should strike our and within such a big body of of belief believers. Ultimately, 
with Christ as the head. <clears throat> and then it goes on to, to a four, four through six, which is pretty much a tie into one through three. It talks about uh, because of Christ, we are made into somebody, not, not because of what we do, but because of his work on the cross. And then probably the, the most famous of the verses in, in Ephesians chapter 2 is uh, ver verses 8 through 10. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. Not from works so that no one can boast. For, you, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Ultimately, that's pretty much just saying that we are saved by in of ourselves, outside of Christ, that could earn only Christ Jesus that we can have our salvation and his work on the cross. It, the, the way I mind his previous call is I like to think about salvation as somewhat of a contract. Think about a housing contract. You make, you make payments and the con contract doesn't ever go away. But it, at, when, once you make the payments in full and the house is, is paid off 110%, you are no longer bound to that contract. It's still there. It's just no longer applicable. And in the same way, I think of salvation and the law and pretty much not 110% that way, but similar in a similar way. Sal salvation is that house and the law is, is the uh, contract itself. So originally our works were the payments, but Jesus Christ in, in his work on the cross paid the payments in full and therefore the contract aka the law is not exactly 110% applicable to us and in today's terms so joe you have anything to add to that amen um i also just want to add in the fact how he mentions in verses 11 through hold on it actually kind of goes on for a while of how the Jews and the Gentiles were at odds with each other. Like they not, they didn't really want to associate with each other. Like the Jews had their own section, the Jews, the Gentiles had the other, and it specifies, and that just shows the fact that Jesus didn't come to save just the Jews. Of course, he's from, he, he's a Jewish God from a line of Jewish people, but he's the savior of the whole world, not just the Jewish people. And Israel is still incredibly important. That's God's promised land to his people. And it's mentioned as a new Jerusalem in Revelation. But it's, like I said, he's the savior of the whole world. And every tribe, tongue, and nation will bow the knee to Jesus Christ in the end. I just want to write something down real quick. Give me one second. It's not important. Just have to write this down. All right, so um, shall we, uh, do you want to read chapter three or do you want me to read chapter three? I'm, I'm cool with, with reading it. We, I guess we can just split it in half as far as what we have to say and not just one person leading over the other. <laughs> All right, sounds good to me, man. So you'll read chapter three? Well.
All right, man. You have the mic. There we go. Uh, I'm sorry, my audio went went out. So that. All right. So y'all ready? Yep. If hopefully my audio doesn't keep going out, but uh, all right, here we go. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, you have heard, haven't you, about the administration of God's grace that he, he gave to me for you? The mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have briefly written above. By reading this, you are able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. This was not made known to people in other generations as it is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and partners in the promise and in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I was made a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power. This grace was given to me, the least of all the saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable riches of Christ, and to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. This is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. This is according to his eternal purpose accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. So then I ask you not to be discouraged over my afflictions on your behalf, for they are your glory. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your, in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with, the, with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So Dylan, I'm going to give you the mic first. Well, the, uh, I didn't really prepare for, for uh, chapter three the way I should have, but uh, the first thing I, well, no, never mind. That, that's going back into chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm reading the notes, the, I'm reading the, the notes to get a better understanding of what, what it's at, saying and everything. And I, and I just, and I was just reading chapter two, verse 22, instead of chapter three, verse one and everything down below. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't you love it when you get tongue-tied and, and even brain-tied? <laughs> Dude, it happens to me almost every show we do, so. Yeah, same with me. Yeah, it's become my best friend at this point. Okay, here, here, here we go. So, uh, in verse 3, it says, The mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have briefly written above. Uh... What I get from that is that the, the mystery is that the Gentiles are now more or less grafted into the body of, of believers. So now it's not just Jews, but Gentiles as, as well. The, the mystery revealed is that God determined through the person and work of Christ to incorporate the Gentiles into one body of the church as equal partners with Israel. Right. 
See, so, I've always I, read that in a sense that the mission. Plus a little bit of notes. <laughs> right. I see. I always kind of read that in the sense that the mystery was pertaining to the character, the character of God himself, because here we have God doing something and making promises to people who never lived in his nation that were not circumcised, but that kind of painted it in a whole new light. So thanks Dylan. Uh, do you have anything else, or do you want me to uh, go ahead? Well, well, on on top of that, uh, ver verse six kind of ad adds to that ties in, and I'm as our co-heirs, members of the same body, and partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So that kind of f furthers the point that uh, the the mystery, as far as my my interpretation of it, was was God's plan to not to save the Jews, but save everyone, Gentiles included. And therefore, he through the work of Christ, the Gentiles were grafted into the body of Israel. Amen. And I also want to add in applying that to the church today. Like we shouldn't really judge someone versus where they've been. We should really focus on where they are in Christ. Because like you said, this wasn't just for Israel. This wasn't just for the Jews who were circumcised. This was for everybody on all four corners of the world from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but not only that, but uh, if you think about it, if any time that we judge somebody for where they have been, we are also judging ourselves. Some, somebody that, that's inside the church that uh, actually came from that exact walk of, walk of life, maybe from a different details but still in that overall yeah very true I also want to emphasize how Paul himself and Paul you could actually make an argument was one of the first heroes of the faith he wrote most of the New Testament I think how, Dylan, was it 60% or 70% of the New Testament was written by Paul? Wait, what? Is it 60% or 70% of the New Testament that was written by Paul? I think it. I think it's 60. More than half. Yeah, somewhere around that, around that area. And here we have Paul saying that he is the least of the apostles, that he's the least worthy to be part of this great mystery. He's even questioning whether or not he should even be an apostle. And that just shows like the great humility. And that only emphasizes more and more that it's not by what we do. It's by what Christ has done. And let's face it, Paul was also one of the first enemies of the church when he was a uh, Saul. And now he's admitting for this reason, I bow my knee to the before the father from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name that he would. Yeah. That's, that's it. You know, Paul couldn't do this on his own. None of the apostles, none of the churches, 
None of the saints living today can do this on their own. It's only by Christ who strengthens us and the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Um, do you have anything you want to add? Well, again, there is something that, that I'm wanting to add, but uh, I'm trying to come up with the words to put it correctly. <laughs> <coughs> Hey, you know what? Me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's everyone, but at least you're thinking before you speak. True point. Yeah. And I just realized exactly, exactly right. what I was going to say. Well, you, you you already hit the nail on the head. Because I was because the wait what, what I just what I just realized I was wanting to say was the least of all the saints. That you... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel like I broke one of the commandments: "Thou shalt not steal." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's exactly applicable in this in this scenario. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> If anything, it's, it falls along more more along lines of finishing this race. <laughs> um, oh, something else uh, I noticed in, in verses oh. eleven through. You go. There we go. Uh, I was trying to get audio. What I just. Even though it doesn't seem to explicitly uh, state it and everything, it seems to be talking about the church and how it is central to God's working in in history, especially between brothers and sisters alike, especially within the body of Israel, and that the gospel is good news for a new society and a new new life. But uh, it pretty much seems to be saying that uh, the church is a divine agent. And uh, pretty much ser- serves as a di- as a divine fellowship with a divine mandate. That last part is weak word. So if it didn't sound like I didn't say it, then well, it's because I got it from my notes. Hmm. I wanted to say, and and this is one one of the areas where uh. Having a study Bible com- com- comes in handy at is whenever you can't think about the right words to say, it gives you the right words to say. If it's a good commentary. Well, I would expect it since it's in, in a sound translation Bible, I would expect the commentary to be sound itself. True, but a lot of false prophets use the ESV or the NASB, so we never know. Oh, Landon's on. What's up, man? Um, yeah, we're just actually finishing up our discussion on a discussion on Ephesians. I don't know why I can't talk today. It's weird, but <laughs> that's just the Yankee and you coming out. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I feel like since I moved to the South, the Yankee and Southern are uh, are clashing. Wait, what? In terms of my dialect. I feel like 
I have a Yankee dialect and a Southern dialect, and they're fighting for dominance. finally get get that feel for the southern dialect i mean dude i have a lot of experience in the south the south i mean i dated a girl from the south for a long time and you you pick up things and <laughs> here i am i've lived in the south for 22 going on 23 years <laughs> so that's the thing you don't have the conflict that i do smooth sailing for you but um <laughs> i just want to add in that it mentions in verse in verse 19 that the love of christ surpasses all surpasses all knowledge that and it goes on so that you may be filled up to all the fullness of god and I think we also need to realize more and more that regard God has revealed a lot about his character in the passage of scripture, mm-hmm. but we, I mean, in the canon of scripture, as I should say, but we still don't know everything because we know that he is infinite and we are finite. As a matter of fact, in some of the old Testament, a lot of the themes of the old Testament books, especially the uh, wisdom literature, as it's like to be called, as it's called, we know it's very much man trying to struggle being finite servants to an infinite God and just trying to understand that. And here we have saying like, okay, Mm -hmm. but understand that the love of God overflows and yes, you can't fully understand it, but don't also don't try to understand, be more accepting of it, know of it, but accept it. I think that's something where I personally struggle, um, as I said, most of the time, because I, you know, me, Dylan, and we're actually a lot alike here. We are really analytical people. (laughs) And that's probably, yeah. But, um, but we, that's something we both share and yeah, it's Mm -hmm. helped us out sometimes. Like we both did pretty well in school because of it, but, but now we have, but how we are in this walk with Christ and yes, we should, there are certain things we should analyze. We should analyze the scripture. We should analyze someone's teaching, but now we try so much to understand the character of God that we seem to go over or leave out or overthink the capacity to which he loves us. Mm-hmm. and that's um yeah that's something i struggle with on a daily basis and you know i think as christians i think who knows maybe even the church of uh maybe even the church of ephesus i i don't know but i like to think not because it seems everything in paul's letters is really complimentary to them there's very little correction if any Yes. So, um, you think that we should close it out for tonight, or is there more you would like to add into the first half of the book of Ephesians? Well, so to notice that just between verses 14 and 15, especially in ver- verse 15, from which says, states, 
and the uh, Bible, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. It mm-hmm. seems to me like like uh, Paul's intent, pretty much getting the point of that concept and institute of fatherhood stems from God's provision. Not only does he or just the Jews kneel before the Father, but that because of that, all people from every race, every nation, every background, no matter what se- what separates you from from one person to the other, everybody now has has the right to to kneel before God as their Father. Amen. And the door isn't the priest; it's Christ. And uh, yes, Landon, we did. We were actually going to cover the whole book of Ephesians, but we didn't want to get sort of, we didn't want to overwhelm ourselves with the teaching. So we decided to do two episodes, three chapters this week and three chapters next week for the book of Ephesians. To, uh, yeah. But Dylan, uh, you're 100% right. I agree wholeheartedly. And I actually, um, it's actually funny. You taught me that because I never thought it would, uh, <laughs> I never thought about that before. And hold on, Landon said, it would take days just to get through chapter one. No, it would take him days just to get through chapter one. Yeah, there's so much packed in, <laughs> but we, uh, we most definitely tried our we, best. We, and I think. Yeah, we just scratched the surface of all three. We didn't really get into too much detail. It was more, this is more just to, this is more just to teach the general overviews of the letter and what the audience was written to. And in some aspects, how we apply it to the modern day church. Though, you know, me personally, I don't like to really teach in the sense like, okay, now take this and apply it here. But I think... Paul's epistles should be taken that way. I think to a certain degree, we need to understand, okay, why was he writing this? Where was he writing this from? Who was he writing it to? But we also, but also it's not unapplicable to the church of the modern day Christian. It, you can have both. You don't have to be, it's not binary. That's all I'm trying to say. Paul prays for us in chapter three that we actually come to comprehend the knowledge of the love of Christ. Amen. Yeah. We just, uh, I think we covered that a little before he came on. Yeah. I think that was the, that was the first thing that I brought up actually. It was either the first thing that I brought up. If I remember correct. If I remember correctly. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I think so. But, um, so yeah, Dylan, do you think this is a good spot to end tonight's show? Sure, but, uh, I'm kind of scared to say the prayer only because of my audio issues. You know what, Dylan? Because, uh, it seems to me like I'm you breaking read... in and out a little bit more often than usual. I mean, it is weird because when you read the passages of scripture, it was fine. When you, um, when occasionally when you gave your commentary, it did go in and out. But most of the time when you were reading the Bible, you were, it was okay. Okay. 
So right. don't care to pray us out? Sure. All right. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for, for this uh, pod, podcast that you have given us technology to, to start up and continue on for, I believe, going on three, three months now, plus two. Before you're studying the book of Ephesians, the first three chapters to, tonight, God, and I thank, thank you that we have the church as the, the divine body of believers that you establish on the, on the earth, God. I thank you for, for the body of Israel that us Gentiles can be grafted into the body of believers. And ultimately, I thank you for sal- salvation, God. As Ephesians chapter 2 says, it is not by, by our own works that, that, that any man should boast, but of your work and your work alone. And because of that, I thank you for salvation above all things, God, that we have a, a chance to be reestablished with, with you in our own relationships with, with you. Not only as individuals, but as bodies of believers, God. I, I thank you for everybody that, that's, that has joined and been able to listen, God. And I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dylan, for the prayer. Thank you for... What you have, um, hold on one second, uh, Landon just wrote, Paul preached a radical grace that covers all your sins, past, present, and future, and encompasses the fullness of God's goodness. Rejoice. Amen. Amen. We actually uh, tapped into that. We tapped into that a little today. Um, I just want to say thank you to Dylan. You've been fantastic. It's been a blessing to do the study with you. I can't wait to do it next week. Um, to everyone who listened and will listen going forward, thank you so much. And I pray that God blesses you and uses this to bless you. Um, please join us again on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Sunday Talk. And yet again on next Thursday, a week from today, I believe is the 23rd of July, for the second part of the Book of Ephesians. So I just want to say thank you to all that joined. This has been the Young Adult Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Dronick. D- Dylan, thank you again for joining me. And I pray you all have a thank good day. Take care, guys. Anytime, man. Have a good one, guys. Take care now.